Well, very good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Craig Hansen. Welcome you to this episode of We Hold These Truths Speaks Out. It's my pleasure this evening to present again to our listeners, Dr. and Pastor Chuck Baldwin. Our last visit with Dr. Baldwin on We Hold These Truths Speaks Out was over six months ago. It uh, doesn't seem that long ago, but time definitely flies. In that episode, Dr. Baldwin shared with us his journey out of believing and teaching Christian Zionism for many years. Uh, A link to that program will be included with this episode. Dr. Baldwin is a pastor, and he's also been a national vice presidential and presidential candidate in years past. And I'd encourage all of our listeners to go to Dr. Baldwin's website, chuckbaldwinlive.com, for his complete bio, and just learn what an outstanding Christian and patriot he is. I'm not going to go through all that. We did that last time, and I just encourage you to do that. So, Dr. Baldwin, welcome to We Hold These Truths. Thank you, Craig. Good to be with you. There's so many issues that you've written about and spoken about since our last visit. Is there one of those on your heart right now that you'd like to share with our listeners this evening? Well, as you said, these issues continue to evolve, you know, day by day, week by week. Last week, I wrote on the subject of Trump's appointment of William Barr as our next attorney general. And I went into a little bit of the background of this draconian candidate for our next top cop. I I guess I am to the point that I'm beginning to think that the Christian community and the religious right, call them whatever you will, have made a conscious, concerted decision that they are going to continue to support Donald Trump no matter how outrageously and egregiously unconstitutional, unethical, immoral, or unscriptural his his policies and his actions might be. I have to confess this is baffling to me. These are the men, I'm talking about men, many of these men have passed, of course, but many of the ones that are still with us and still considered leaders of the evangelical right are men that I have been with in my career. I have been taught and and trained by some of these men. Uh, I've been in the schools and conferences and ministeriums, et cetera, of these men. And I remember back in the in the days when I was a young preacher boy and I was being taught all these principles of of truth and honor and right and so forth, that you don't compromise those principles. You know, and you certainly don't do it for the, for the benefit of a political party or partisanship of any kind. And, you know, you were to be a man of God. You were to be a man of integrity, truth, honor, character, honesty, consistency, et cetera, et cetera. And now I am watching these fellows as they literally compromise and sacrifice virtually all of the above in order to continue to support not just the Republican Party in general, which they do that too, but specifically President Donald Trump. And now with the appointment of William Barr, I tried to make, I tried to, to make notice of the fact that you know it's, it's time to stop making excuses for this man. William Barr is the bottom of the barrel. I mean, you talk about a swamp creature. He is the swampiest swamp creature you could 
ever find. He's a snake. He, there is nothing that we could say positive about this man. He has been involved in the worst of politics over the last 30 years. And I go into those details to some degree in the column last week. And yet, you know, there's no opposition. There, there's no alarm. And Donald Trump is still, you know, the anointed uh, president and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think if, if I were going to just say something in answer to your introductory question, I guess I'm just flummoxed and totally chagrined at my Christian brethren and my preacher brethren in the way that, in my opinion, they're sacrificing all of the principles that they had taught and that they had been taught in order to accommodate a political partisanship of the namely the Republican Party and President Donald Trump. So on that vein I'm just I'm just totally chagrined and flummoxed. Well, when you when you look at Trump's campaign promises to drain the swamp, why would he choose one of these swamp creatures? What do you think it, the the puppet masters if you will behind Donald Trump is presenting William Barr? How does this choice even come about to begin with? Well, see, that's where, you know, in the first few months, you know, maybe maybe you could give him the benefit of the doubt and right. say, okay, he's getting bad advice. You know, we're two full years into his presidency. We are virtually halfway through his first term. And, you know, William Barr is, it's not like if William Barr was the only one mm -hmm. of these swamp creatures that he has appointed, then, you know, I, I think I would, my concern was not, would not be what it is. And I think you would be able to say, well, you know, look, that's an aberration. But what we are seeing with Donald Trump is a consistent, complete repudiation of his campaign promises, especially in the area of draining the swamp. Mm -hmm. From the very beginning, even before he was actually taking the oath of office, while he was in the preparation after winning the election in November, in that couple-month period of time before he's inaugurated, he began filling his administration with CFR, Bilderberg attendees, with warmongers, neocons, of every stripe, shape, and size. And, you know, I have a list on my website that you referred to. I keep a running tally of the CFR members and Bilderberg attendees, et cetera, that Donald Trump has appointed. And sadly, Trump has appointed more of these New World Order globalist warmongers to his administration than Barack Obama did to his administration when he was president. This mm. last election uh, to, of Elliot Abrams to Envoy to Venezuela, yes. who's really what he's doing is just spearheading the coup that we are engaged in in trying to overthrow the government of Venezuela. It's just more regime change, more warmongering, etc. Abrams is CFR. Bolton is CFR. Elaine Chow is CFR. Gary Cohn CFR. Donovan CFR. Larry Fink, Neil Gorsuch, Admiral Robert Hayward. I mean, go, go on down the list, down the list, down the list. And so now we come to William Barr, who is just the, the icing on the cake, so to speak, of, of, of a, a man that goes back to G.H.W. Bush, a man that's involved in... You cannot think of a 
corrupt scandal that has rocked Washington, D.C. for the last 30 years that William Barr has not been neck deep in, including conspiring to murder Vicki and Sammy Weaver and Ruby Ridge, Mm -hmm. Idaho. This guy, not only does he not deserve to, to hold the highest law enforcement position in the United States of America, this guy doesn't even deserve to be walking around as a free free man. He needs to be buried in jail. And yet, here he is, nominated by this right, conservative, righteous Donald Trump. Again, it, it's just maddening that our brothers, our sisters, our crowd, the people that we would identify with, would excuse this inexcusable conduct. Pastor Baldwin, do you think it's just because they don't know, they don't want to take the time to know? Because obviously your articles lay it out there very, very clearly, and if you look at those, it's obvious that this man does not belong in this position. No, I think in the earlier days of his administration, I would think there would be room for that excuse. That Well, they just don't know. Right. You, you know, it's now it is a verse in Scripture that says, this they willingly are mm-hmm. ignorant of. And I think that's what we're dealing with. I think we are dealing with willful ignorance. This is not something that people can't know, or this is some deep, dark secret buried in the corners of, you know, of obscurity. Yes. No, I mean, all of this stuff is... It, is out there in the in the brightness of sunlight. You know, anybody you could take 15 minutes on the internet and do just a couple of word searches, and you could find more information about William Barr and these other people, Elliot Abrams, and and, and these other swamp creatures that Trump has surrounded himself. You, you wouldn't even have to do serious research. But if you did serious research, you would find so much information, so much documentation that you would know and you'd be convinced without any shot of a doubt that that these guys are the worst that that government can afford. And they are being appointed by Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. the same caliber of people that that G.W. Bush appointed, that Bill Clinton appointed, Barack Obama appointed. Bush Sr. appointed the same cabal of globalist, elitist, Zionist, New World Order swamp creatures are the same ones that Trump is appointing. And and to say they don't know, I don't buy it. I'm sorry, I don't Mm -hmm. buy it. They don't want to know. They don't want to know. And not only that, whenever someone like me comes along and and gives them the facts, just, just the facts, they absolutely deny it. They become angry. They, they're defensive. They refuse to entertain anything that you might say, no matter how truthful it is, no matter how much documentation you have to support it. And so that's not ignorance. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, oh, I don't, I don't know. This is a willful decision on their part to not want to know. And, and truthfully, and we don't care. Yeah. That's really the bottom line. We the apathy. The apathy on, on that. For we hold these truths. Obviously, our mission and message 
is to the uh, evangelical church, uh, warning them of the dangers of Christian Zionism. And especially right now with the, uh, the bill before the Senate, the first mm-hmm. bill and, yep. to be considered by the 116th Congress was Senate Bill 1, which is entitled Strengthening America's Security in the Middle East Act of 2019, which is an appropriation of $38 billion to Israel over the next 10 years, and we have to borrow that money so we can give it away. And so any comments on that as far as being the first legislation that the Senate decides to take up? Right. Yeah, and it's more than that. Not only does it appropriate $38 billion for Israel, but money, by the way, which Senator Rand Paul, uh, before the first of the year, had had blocked from Senate passage. And so because of Senator Paul's blocking of that appropriation of $38 billion for um, Israel's war machine, which is exactly what it's for. Exactly. Now they're putting it in, and I believe that was sponsored by Marco Rubio. Am I correct yes. on that? Right, yes. And, but, and, and not only does this bill provide those $38 billion to, to the war machine of Israel, but there's also a, a, a part of the bill which makes it legal for uh, businesses and, and states, and especially states, governments, to, uh, to ban or bar, not do business with, any company, corporation, or private business that would divest itself from uh, investing in, in Israel, the boycotting of Israel. There's a lot of, of private individuals, private corporations, private companies, etc., because of the, uh, of the carnage that Zionist Israel is inflicting upon the Palestinian people and, and death and destruction that's taking place there. And, and many of these American businesses and so forth are saying we, you know, we don't want to do business with with a nation that inflicts this kind of carnage on on the Palestinian oh, people or anyone else for that matter. And so they choose to do what anybody should have the right to do, and that is to not spend their money where they don't want to spend their money. If they don't want to invest in in Israel and 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 send money to Israel or do business with Israel, that is certainly within the the free the framework of freedom in our country to not be forced to do business with an entity that we don't want to do business with. And so this bill addresses that and says that states governments they can cut off funding, they can punish companies and corporations, et cetera, that would seek to divest themselves or boycott doing business from Israel. I mean, how hypocritical is that, guys? I mean, here we got our country. You know, we're boycotting. We call it sanctions. Right. But it's a boycott. That's all it is. How many countries around the world are we boycotting right now? How many, how many countries around the world are we, uh, do we have sanctions? And, and when we do it, including Venezuela right now in this, in this latest coup attempt, this regime change that we're involved in, and when we do it, the damage that is inflicted upon these countries economically is, is horrific. I mean, when, when the United States of America slaps economic sanctions, boycotts on a nation, we're talking about a nation that now is not able to trade. They're not mm-hmm. able to, to get the essential goods that they need to survive as, as, a, as a people. I mean, basic things like food and, and clothing and things that, that you know, may, maybe women would need for hygiene and so forth, they're not able to get because of, of the boycott and, and the sanctions that the American government slaps on these, 
these nations. So we do this all the time, and yet our Congress is going to demand that private entities inside the United States do not have the right to not spend their money, their private money, their own money, their own personal earned goods mm-hmm. to, with a nation or a nation that they prefer to or not to. This bill is as dictatorial and as anti-freedom as it can possibly be, and it's the first bill. Yes, <laughs> the first bill in the new in the new Congress right. coming out of the Senate. I mean, don't don't you see? It? I mean, this is the Israel lobby which is directing this. It, it exactly. seems like, you know, and how how do we as freedom loving Americans how do we combat? The Israeli lobby when they've got the money you talk about the Bilderbergers you talk about that and even as we're talking right now the national debt is approaching 22 trillion bucks right. you know it's, it's it's actually insane how how do you combat the Israeli lobby which is so huge boy that's that's the 64 million dollar question isn't it you know I, I I was as we talked about last time I was on your show I I was raised in the, the the ideology and the theology of Christian Zionism, mm-hmm. and so I you know I was blind to not only the truth of the matter, which we talked about last time, but I was also blind to just how influential the Zionist lobby is in every area of our of our society, including our government. But it's not limited to the government. Right. It's religious institutions, entertainment industry, uh, motion picture industry, music industry, you name it. All of the major uh, industries of this country are heavily influenced, if not controlled, by the Israeli lobby. And how, how do you how do you fight that, or how do you change that? I don't think that we're going to make any progress in any of these issues because I think they all go back to to this particular point that you brought up until we get the churches and the pastors of America to, to understand that they've been duped yes. about Zionism and about modern Israel and they have misinterpreted scripture and prophecy relative to Israel. And until we get the Christians and the preachers to awaken to that falsehood and begin preaching the truth relative to Israel, I'm talking about modern Israel, I don't think there is going to be any, any way to change it because it is the pulpits, it is the, the preachers of the country that, that really do set the compass in the course for the country. And so uh, as long as they are in blindness regarding this issue, guys, I don't know I don't know what what any other solution would be because you know the the domination of of Zionism is so strong and with the support of the Christian community almost almost across the board. I mean mm-hmm. I mean it's not obviously, but I mean it, the the majority is, is is right in that in that perspective, 
And, and as long as that is going on and they keep electing these Zionist congressmen, it's not just Republicans. It's Republicans. No. Yeah. It's both parties. Mm-hmm. As long as they keep doing that and they keep preaching this stuff about God will bless us if we bless Israel, talking about Tel Aviv and those Zionists over there in, in modern Israel, and, 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 and people are, are, are buying into that. And, and it, people, politicians come along and they play up to that. How do we how do we break that cycle? If you can if you can answer that question, we could we could change the course of the country. Well, it's exactly it's like this this thirty eight billion dollars. I'd love to be able to to follow the thirty eight billion and see how much of that comes right back around to the politicians' campaigns. That it gets it gets recycled, you know, back in Absolutely. to keep to keep the agenda agenda going. Well, Pastor Baldwin, one of your other articles is entitled Declare a State of Emergency to Build a Wall? Well, we're past the shutdown. Nothing has really been changed. The wall issue is still on the table with uh, President Trump. And the immigration, there's another, I guess, caravan coming towards the borders. Could you just share some of your thoughts on this whole immigration problem, the wall, how uh, Trump is not fulfilling his campaign promises on this, and, and just some thoughts? Well, th- that is a major problem for Donald Trump with his base. Uh, f- somehow or another, it-, it seems to me that they have made the wall issue the issue, yeah. the issue for Donald Trump. It seems to me that if Donald Trump fails on every other campaign promise, it will not be held against him. By his by his base, but if he fails on the wall, they will hold it against him and they will abandon him. And I I think that, and I and I personally don't I don't understand that because there are so many other issues. Some of the, what we talk about. I mean, to me, the, the red flag issue right now is is huge. And Donald Trump is the one that started this juggernaut. Uh, you know, when he made that statement to take the guns first and then go through due process second. Mm-hmm. Since then, Florida passed red flag laws. Thirteen mm-hmm. states have passed red flag laws. Virtually every state in the country is right now considering the passage of red flag laws. Uh-huh. I mean, this is one of the most egregiously unconstitutional and 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 draconian, tyrannical laws that that could possibly be be enacted in this country, where that. A man is guilty until proven innocent, and on on the accusation of one person, just on the accusation of one person, almost anybody, it could be an ex-wife, it could be a disgruntled employee, it could uh-huh. be a, anybody, makes an accusation. Oh, you know, he he is threatening in the way he handled a gun or whatever. The, the police will come, bang on your door five o'clock in the morning with a SWAT team. And will take your guns by force. You've never done anything wrong. You've never committed a crime. You've never been charged with a crime. You've never threatened to commit a crime. You've never gone before court. You, you've never had due process. And yet they're going to come and confiscate your guns. And then good luck getting them back. Now you've got to go to mm-hmm. court and prove that you're normal, to prove that you're insane or that you're innocent, to prove that you're innocent. And, and that's – it just – inverts our Bill of Rights and our constitutional yes. freedoms. This is going on in a, in, a, in a big way, and Donald Trump is a major part of this. And 
he gets a pass on that. You know, he gets a pass on the on the swamp and and the deep state. He gets a pass on all these wars. You know, he's not he's not withdrawing forces from from uh, Syria. In fact, I just read a report today that says 600 fresh troops are headed to Syria. He's yeah. not pulling out troops. He's adding more troops. You know, he's he's not doing anything to to lessen the, the global warfare state that has been going on since 19 uh, since, since 2001. Uh, he, all the promises he made on the campaign about getting America out of foreign conflicts, none, none of that. He's increased war. He's, he's dropped more bombs in the first two years of office than Barack Obama did when he was president. You know, he, he, look what he's doing in Venezuela right now. He, but he gets a pass on that. He gets a pass on everything from his base except the wall. Mm-hmm. They have created this idea that the wall is the most important issue facing the United States. And that's not true. But nevertheless, that's just what they believe. And so Donald Trump is, is in, this, in this pickle where that he's got to, you know, I've got to build a wall to keep Ann Coulter happy <laughs> and, and Rush Limbaugh and all these people, you know, that, that helped me get elected. And so he's, this is the watershed issue. Now, he's acquiesced and, and, you know, to this point, as you just noted, and, and hasn't built a wall. Now he's trying to negotiate amnesty for the wall. And yeah. an, an amazing thing that I hear from all of, from, from Trump supporters is they're okay with amnesty. They're okay with amnesty. R- really? I mean... Do we have to apologize to Barack Obama and Bill Clinton? Do we have to apologize to Hillary Clinton? Do we have to apologize to G.W. Bush? I mean, that's what these guys promoted forever. They right. were always talking about amnesty. They were, I mean, we've already got the degrees of amnesty already in place because of their policies. And they, they, they're the ones that promoted amnesty in various forms and shapes. And now Donald Trump is talking amnesty. He's saying, look, we'll give you amnesty, and he's you know, nailing down the details, in order for, to get funding for the wall. And, and, and again, all these Trump supporters are going, yay, yeah, take amnesty, build the wall. Mm. It, it, it's a crazy thing. I, my personal opinion, as you know, you read my column. I don't. I don't like walls. I don't. I don't think walls are are the are, are the way to do it. I like what you uh, said. It can keep people in as well as people out. Yeah, absolutely. That walls are meant not just to keep people out. Most of the time, they're meant to keep people in. Uh, and, and when a government builds walls, it's usually around a prison. And I, I don't like walls. I, I don't think I, I just don't like them. I I admit that the president has the authority to build it if Congress appropriates the money. Mm-hmm. Congress has not appropriated the money, so now Trump is threatening to issue a state of national emergency and use the U.S. military to build the wall. Now that scares me. Mm-hmm. And that scares me to no end. Think about it. When a president declares a state of national emergency, everybody, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, acknowledges that in a state of emergency or under a declaration of war, a president has almost unlimited authority. He is a king-like power at that point. It would take two-thirds majority in both houses of Congress to rest a, a emergency order 
away from the president. And that's never going to happen. So in effect, at, at under a declaration of national emergency, a president becomes a king. He can do anything he wants to do. Now, we've had, what, 58 declarations of emergency since, since that thing passed. The, the Congress made the declaration, uh, the declaration of emergency law in, in 1976, I believe it was. And since then, there's been 58 declarations of emergencies. And so people say to me, well, Chuck, you know, we've had 58 of these things, you know, so what's the big deal? What are you worried about? Well, here's the difference. These other national emergencies had to do with foreign involvement. Yeah. Uh, they had to do with countries like uh, whenever Iran took over our embassy, right. and, you know, there's a declaration of war on that. I mean, not war, excuse me, uh, declaration yes. of emergency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, most every, in fact, every declaration of emergency had to do with some kind of a foreign involvement. This would be the first national emergency order that would authorize military action on the soil of America's homeland. Mm. Now let that sink in for a minute. Oh, yes. You know, I remember Christians and conservatives, you know, every time Bill Clinton passed an executive order, they'd scream. Every time Barack Obama, you know, passed an executive order, they'd scream. Now we're talking about a president declaring a state of national emergency, directing the United States military to do something, to do, take action, build a wall, on American soil. Now, under that declaration of emergency, Donald Trump could do anything he wants to do. I shudder to think what this man, who I think is a very impetuous, I think he's an undisciplined hothead who acts first and thinks later and to think that he would be able to operate under the unlimited authority of a national emergency on America's homeland, I'm sorry, it scares me to death. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Baldwin, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us this evening. I, I hope it won't be another six months before we get you back <laughs> when we, we hold these truths. And as as I read your articles and listen to you speak, it re- reminds me of the old 1984 Wendy's commercial, Where's the Beef? You know, you, you, you cut through all the rhetoric and the, 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 the shenanigans that are going on in Washington, D.C., and you present what's exactly going on. We thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for taking your time to be with us this evening. We hold these truths. Yeah, it was, it was a joy to be with you. Thank you again. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, 
and press on towards the straight gate. 